everybody. Welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 24, and we'll be talking about the fifth episode of Steven Universe, Frybo. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. And I'm Dakota. Hunter, unfortunately, his computer is... Well, it's being Hunter's computer right now, so... I understand his pain. Frybo, I think, was the first episode of Steven Universe that came out that I think could really buck for, like, favorite episode status. Laser Light Cannon, I think, came close, but I think Frybo got all the way there. That is very surprising to hear. I feel quite the opposite. But no, I I just really appreciated this episode for some reason. And I know I'm no I'm not the only one. A lot of people really you know, they really like the you know, they really like Raven and Paul. And this was, I believe, their first episode, and I really liked it. And they just turn churn out good stuff. I mean, they're one of the really good story storyboard teams. I mean, like, they're all Steven Universe storyboard teams, but they're they're like the Steven Universe with a star at the start and the end. Right. Going back to rewatch this, I definitely expected to dislike it a lot more than I did. My memory of this episode was not very fond. And I actually think this episode is completely okay. I don't know why my memory of it was so kind of dismal. Like, it's not a bad episode. It's pretty middle of the road, all things considered. But a theme I've been noticing, and I brought this up last episode, that I've been noticing going back and watching all of these early episodes, is that Steven was much, much more of an annoying character in the beginning. He was so, so stupid for lack of a better word, and frankly, that's the accurate word. He was an idiot, and he doesn't necessarily stop being an idiot later on, but he becomes a lot more bearable of an idiot. He becomes a lot less annoying, but here, his stupidity is just out of line, and it's kind of hard to bear, but everything else about the episode kind of brings it up. The humor was pretty good, and uh, yeah, it was an it was an okay episode overall. I, I know what you mean about Steven being kind of dumb, especially very early in the series. There was a point around... I don't know exactly when it was. It, it was before Mirror Gem and Ocean Gem aired, where somebody on, I think it was, or I know it was Toon Zone, I just don't know where, was t- commenting about how Steven's a terrible protagonist, and he's always the reason, y- you know, bad things happen. And I, I was all set to come in with a, oh no, Steven's, you know, only, Steven only makes the problem half the time. And, you know, even then he usually right. solves it. And then I realized, you know, that's not really something Thing that they're going to care about, so I just no, I'm, I'm not going to post this. <laughs> <laughs> I did go and count, and it was literally half the time that, that Stephen caused the problem. Oh, nice question. Do you think a better a better word to describe Stephen rather than being stupid is necessarily? I was going to say overbearing, but that's not the right word either. Like, yes, stupid is, I think, accurate, but I think, like, there's, like, a different connotation to his attitude, like, maybe more immature. He's very naive. Naive. Yeah, he's very naive. He has no idea that about the kind of world he lives in. I think that's giving him way too much credit. There are things that he does that are just plain stupid and have nothing to do with naivety. It's just him not processing information in a way that a semi-reasonable human would. Yeah, it's like he just everything flies right over his head he hasn't been socialized in the same way that like a lot of other kids his age probably have been now we know he's not in school so okay so in like sociological context we call the the difference high context and low context societies like a low context society doesn't really read social cues very well but a high context society like it's all about these social cues and like making sure you stay face for other people I think Steven is just like a very low context individual, despite the fact that he's like really empathetic. So he's not going to like understand that it's really important or, you know, it's also entirely possible. I'm reading way too deep into that. 
Maybe. I don't know. I feel as though I understand the natural reaction to be against like using the word stupid on Steven. I think that just comes from a place of liking Steven as a character. And I also like Steven as a character, which is why I was also hesitant to apply the word stupid to him. But I think if you were just to like not be willing to make excuses for him and just look and reasonably evaluate his actions you'd have to come to the conclusion that, yeah, he's stupid. You even said it's not an inaccurate word. I know there are words that would be, like, more kind or whatever, but I don't know. He definitely had a lot of room to grow as a protagonist, and he basically comes at this from the point, like, it's all a game, and he's kind of just living the dream and Leroying it a bit, you know? What about, about rather than stupid, ignorant, and inexperienced? Yeah, I was actually going to suggest ignorant. Because I don't think he's stupid. Because what I noticed on this episode upon like uh, uh, another rewatching was that he's obviously very tactical, something that he's probably gotten from Rose. I mean, he was able to figure out, oh, let me get the rest of these crystal shards to take down Frybo. And he was able to command them well. So I don't think it's necessarily like an issue of stupidity, which is like an inability to understand. I think it's just a lack of understanding like how dangerous these gem shards really are and a lack of like um, content knowledge. Does that make sense or am I kind of rambling? I understand what I you're see saying. I where you're going with it. I'd argue that that plan was actually stupid and it only worked because the writing said it was going to work. It doesn't make any sense on paper to say, hey, the shard of magic that I put into that thing to create a monster that doesn't listen to me, how about I use seven of them to take down the monster? Obviously, that's kind of silly. They established very early in the episode that initially it's responsive to his commands. It's only after it's been in a container for a while that it starts to become rebellious. So, yeah. I mean, the only weird thing is that they continued to respond to him long enough to bury Frybo, but I guess it was late in the day at that point anyway. Yeah, fair enough. What if it's a matter of, like, fulfilling a specific goal? Like, once the other gems took down Frybo, they fulfilled their goal, so they were looking for a new command. And it could also be not necessarily that the uh, gems were rebelling, although I think that it's possible they would. That's something that Pearl says. But, like, as early as Frybo, he was just trying to do what Petey told him to do, make people eat fries. I love that. Every time I watch that episode, I have to get my Heath Ledger Joker on, and when PD says, just make people eat fries, I have to think, very poor choice of words. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I mean, it's really funny because Steven is smiling with glee at that moment. It's almost like on some level he understands the havoc this is going to cause. <laughs> but yeah, but Frybo clearly did rebel because he would st- he would stop when ordered to before, but he decided I am not going to stop. I'm I guess he's just gone rogue. That's a good point. That is a good point. Maybe the size of like whatever the garment is has some kind of play on whether uh, or like the severity that they're going to rebel. Because like as soon as Steven put the gem shard in the sock, it started hitting him, but it stopped when he said to stop. I wonder if it also has anything to do with like that partial consciousness thing. Like the longer they're in there, the longer they realize that like they have autonomy. And I wonder what they mean also by partial consciousness. Like what determines partial or impartial consciousness? I mean, my theory has always been that, you know, it's a gem shard. So it's a shattered, you know, gems gem. Yeah, that makes sense. Pearl says that they were fine for doing this for a long time in gem history. They would make soldiers with them, but eventually they made an army and that army rebelled. And what that says to me, though, is that they started smashing gems so they could have a whole bunch of gem shards and make a whole bunch of soldiers. But, you know, the gem shards kind of remembered that they were murdered to make this army and that's why they rebelled. That That's my theory anyway. Okay, so two things, like adding on to that and something different. I really like that idea because I think it plays into like some of the undertones 
ones of Hintuism we see, like they remember past lives. And like the second thing that I, I, I wanted to interrupt you was the armor of the fallen in Rose's armor. I remember a while back, someone in a thread somewhere mentioned that it wasn't called the armor of the fallen because it was armor that a gem wore before it was destroyed. It was called the armor of the fallen because those gem shards were put into the armor to control it. I like, I do like that theory. That's pretty cool. Cause it's like, Frybo was fairly formidable when going up against unarmed, untrained humans, but you know, one spear from Pearl and he was crippled to the point where even Peavy's able to wave him off for a while and then Steven's underwear takes him out. So, I mean, but just imagine if you had put one of them in a suit of armor with its own weapons on it. That would be right. intimidating. And, like, that's a good, like, train of thought because something I think I was also thinking during the episode was that Frybo, he wasn't just controlling the suit, he was actually creating other things like yeah the, the, he, he augmented the suit so like fries came out like actual presumably fries and like the the hair tendrils yeah, were able legs. to stretch way far <laughs> out and that's the very impressive part when fryman comes in and he sees it and he thinks pd's in there he's not questioning where the tentacles are coming from he's questioning where the anger is coming from so what kind of world is beach city where everything can be so mundane, even even the magical fry costumes are just stuff where it's like, oh yeah, of course a kid could make the fry costume, use, you know, hair tentacles to grab people and throw them. And where was Ronaldo in all this? You see him early on. Yeah, but like, you, you would think he would be in the restaurant or hear about this. Or we didn't get any kind of Beach City weird post from this. Maybe he was chasing a stray dog that was a Sneeple spy. This is true. I mean, because this is what Ronaldo does. He misses all of the real weird stuff because he's too busy chasing the fake weird stuff. And even when he does see actual weird things, he draws the completely wrong conclusions. It's kind of kind of his thing. I feel like the emotional development in this episode between Petey and his father, that would have been something that if this episode had come out later in the series would have been a little bit more hard hitting. As it was, it was fine. I don't have any complaints about it, but this is the type of thing that they really nailed down later on. But here it was just kind of humdrum, humdrum, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it establishes Petey early on as the reliable son. Although it, at the same time, it makes it clear that he's new to the Fry thing. So it's funny because Ronaldo's apparently been helping there for quite some time. And then so when you see him later on in the season and keep Beach City weird flaking out all the time and PD's the responsible one, you they very quickly showed us that it was not always this way while not belaboring, you know, PD's newness, I guess. I hope we get another PD episode pretty soon. Like, he had a pretty big part in this episode, but we haven't seen him too much since. Right. I really liked his speech about work that actually kind of impact me. <laughs> yeah, Petey's blues. I did like that. It's deep, Petey. Oh, also, Papa Ronaldo, I forget. Do they call him, like, Mr. Fryman? Yeah, they just call him Fryman. Fryman. He mentions that the name of the company is Fryman Brothers Incorporated, so I guess that means that Fryman has a brother or something. And maybe it's, like, a small local chain. Yeah, I, I can't remember... I could have sworn I read somewhere about where the other franchise was. I want to say Baltimore, but I went looking for it and I couldn't find the source on it. So I, it's been a while. My memory might be faulty. Is that canon? I think it was from a canon source. Like I said, I can't remember. I couldn't find it. Hmm. Something that might also be interesting is that there was a fan theory a while back that the reason that uh, Petey and Ronaldo, they don't have a mom, is that Fryman is like a single gay dad. I don't guess there's like too much like l like evidence in the show to back that, but that makes me think like, what do we think of the term Fryman brothers? I don't know, that, that's that's probably a stretch. All, all, all I'm thinking of though is uh, Fryman brothers, chicken brothers. 
from uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there aren't very many people there to buy the fries, so you wonder where they find the money to stay in business. I'm wondering how, like, any restaurant can get by selling just fries. I mean, how often do you think, oh, I could go for some fries? I mean, usually I don't even want fries. I just kind of want, like, a, a sandwich. Me, all the time. They're, like, the my favorite fast food item. There's a food truck on campus that sells nothing but fries. And really? name is, like, Fry something. Yeah. If there was a shop that sold nothing but fries, and if they were good fries, they would have a devoted patron in me. That's true, though, because you can put, like... You can put, like, chili and stuff on them, too. It's not going to be just, like, plain fries. Okay, fair enough. I rescind my statement. Ronaldo puts bay seasoning on it because, as a resident of Delmarva, he is required by law to put bay seasoning on everything that he can. He will not put it on toffee, however. That is where he draws the line. And if you think I made that up, then you need to go to keepbeachcityweird.tumblr.com because I did not make that up. I remember the post. <laughs> I remember. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was a good one. I'll keep Peach City Weird posts are good. But yeah, I, I guess there's not much more to say about Frank. Well, I liked it. Ken didn't. I mean, what else is new? I mean, I didn't hate it. It was fine. Shockingly, the last few episodes, there haven't been too many disagreements between you two. We need to get that back on track. Well, he didn't He didn't, He didn't. didn't like Together Breakfast all that much either. Although when I say it has a special place in my heart, it's, it's like I said, mostly because it's the first episode I ever saw. Not because it's like, oh, wow, what a great episode or anything. Yeah, right. You never said it was good. You just said that you... It was special. Yeah, well, I mean, I like all of the episodes up until... Well, the first episode that I'm like, eh, I didn't like that one very much was Beach Party, but after I rewatched it, I'm like, eh, I don't know what I had against this one, but this one's fine. I like Beach Party. Beach Party was pretty darn good to me, but yeah. I kind of felt that way about this episode. Like, when I first watched it, it was okay, but then for a while, it wasn't an episode that I would want to rewatch, and after rewatching it, like, today... I feel like, yeah, it's okay. When the early episodes were airing, I was the guy who was like arguing with people saying that, no, Steven's not an annoying character because that was a big thing early on in the series. A lot of people who didn't like the show at that point were saying that Steven was the thing that was holding the show back. And I was always like, no, Steven is perfect. I don't understand why you guys are upset. But now that I'm going back and rewatching them, I have no idea why I was arguing with them. Like, that's my major complaint at this point. That's because you're used to a Steven who's gained a lot of experience levels really quick, like... That's right. He's level one. He's level one at this point in the series, and if we're going on the 20 level scale, I say he's hit at least level five by now. So now the Steven bomb is upon us once again. We're going to have a Steven every day of the week, and so that means we are going to have to follow suit. We will, we will be going again one episode per day during Steven bomb number two and Steven bomb two electric boogaloo. <laughs> so I know I'm look I know I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys and all of our listeners are as well. Uh hey guys, there's yet another new Steven Universe podcast called the Crystal Gym Cast, so check that out. Also, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. Okay, sign out. The army of podcasts marches forward. I'm DC13. I'm Ken. And I am Dakota. We miss you, Hunter. See you guys next week. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.